us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for another beautiful day of life. We come before you humbly but boldly in the authority of Jesus Christ, thanking you, O oh God, for giving us the breath that we have to breathe. Thank you, Lord God, for leading us and guiding us according to your word. Father, we honor you this morning as we gather today on this Sabbath day of worship to praise you, to honor you, to glorify you, to remind you that we know that the only reason that we still have breath in our bodies and the only reason that we're able to gather together today and give you praise is because you've been so good to us. In spite of us, you keep blessing us. In spite of us, you keep bringing us through. In spite of us, you keep bringing us out and turning things in our favor. And for that, we have an attitude of gratitude. Sweet Holy Spirit, sweep through here this morning. Heal, deliver. Thank you that your word will not fall on deaf ears. I thank you that ears are opening to hear the word of the Lord. Thank you that hearts are shifting even now. In Jesus' name we do pray. And the church said, amen. Come on, let's praise God. Hallelujah. Come on. Give him praise. Come on, give God praise. Come on and magnify the Lord. God is worthy to be praised. Uh, nobody knows like you know how good God's been to you. Huh? No, nobody knows like you know. That's why we praise God. That's why we praise God. We thank him for his presence being here with us today and we don't take the presence of the Lord for granted but I believe there's going to be some miracles in here today I do I really do the Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is there is liberty and I believe that many of you all are about to break through this year I, I prophesy that I speak that in your life that this is going to be a year that you can't compare to no other year how God's going to bless you. It's according to your faith. Do you believe the word of the Lord? Give me some strings, please. Give me some strings, please. Hallelujah. That's why we're grateful for his presence. Let's thank God for Pastor Robin. Thank God for her. Thank you, praise team. Thank you. Let's give yourselves a round of applause. It's good to be in the house of God today. It's so good to be in the house of worship. Tell your neighbor God is about to do something. Come on, prophesy. God's about to do something great in your life. Come on, tell somebody else God's about to do something great in your life. Tell somebody else God's about to do something great in your life. Come on, prophesy. Let them know I sent something in the spirit. God's about to work it in your favor. <laughs> I sense it. I sense it. It's according to your faith. Do you believe that this morning? God's about to turn something in your favor. Come on, prophesy to yourself. God's about to turn something in my favor. Man, let's go to Leviticus chapter 23. We are in 
we are in the timing of the Lord is so important we just came out of September what we dealt with God's agenda God's calendar and this is where we are coming into even now knowing the importance of God's calendar God has an order and according to Psalms 37 23 when we follow his order everything else will work out in our lives and what we find a lot of times in the church we jumping we're shouting we're praying we're praising but when we walk outside of the church building we're not having our steps ordered according to the Word of God tell you the person next to you it's not enough to shout obedience is better than sacrifice God has some blessings for you your eyes haven't seen your ears haven't heard neither has entered the heart of man the things that God has stored up for you give God a praise for that give God a praise thank you so much thank you so much Craig uh, let's look at Leviticus chapter 23 uh, we have just crossed over according to God's calendar we have celebrated Rosh Hashanah on last Sunday at sundown, at sunset. Uh, I love God's calendar. I love God's, uh, the way God operates in the eternal realm because he's not limited by time and space. God is not limited by time and space. And I really want you to get this. I really want you to understand that there's no limitation to your God, that God has a set order. He has a set plan for your life but we have to be in agreement with God and so what we don't need we don't need to come into a new season a new timing in the Lord and play the same old game and have a different expectation God is not a man that he can lie it's impossible he said heaven and earth will both pass away before his word not come to pass if we're not careful in this season people are doing a lot of things except for being obedient to the will of God for their life they are praising they are shouting they are crying they are rolling on the floor they are speaking in tongues but there is no difference in their life there's not been a shift. There hasn't been a change. You're the same person in a new year saying the same thing last year, this year, for the new year. I don't know about you, but I don't want to play that game. I have an expectation that God, if your word can't lie, it can't be you. Let me turn over here. God can't lie. So it can't be something wrong with him or his word. So if I haven't came into the benefit, it must be something that I'm not doing in my life. Speak to me, Lord. Speak to me, Lord. That's what I've been praying for the last several days. You all may be seated as we are in the presence of the Most High God. I'm going to show you in a minute in Leviticus the importance of honoring God's calendar, knowing what God has for you, 
and being able to become that son of God, that daughter of God that cannot be stopped. That's why a lot of people don't have respect for the church. They don't have a respect for Christians. So a lot of times it's rightfully so because we do a lot of emotionalism on Sunday morning, God's Sabbath, which is a day of rest. The Bible says that God created for six days and on the seventh day he rested. Many of us don't realize when God gives us the command to come together, to gather together on his Sabbath, that it is a day of rest. It is a day of rest because God has everything in his alignment. When they first established these United States of America, they said something like this, in God we trust. So everything that they did was based upon trusting God, worshiping God, praising God, acknowledging the Ten Commandments of God. And so now when you look at these United States of America, things that were not done on Sunday, now Sunday is business as usual. There is no Sabbath. Matter of fact, I hate the fact, I'm wrestling with the fact that in order for my children to play sports, they got to play on Sunday. To me, that is the devil sabotaging the blessing in the order of God. Because God said, forsake not the assembly of, see y'all going to talk, I want y'all to get this. He said, forsake not the assembly of the believers, of the saints. That's why when we go back in time, and again, things happened in time that came from the eternal world that caused the children of God to be blessed in spite of what was going on in the natural world. That's why when we look in the book of, of Exodus and we think about the Passover, which is one of the feast days that the Lord told us to remember. Now, Hebrews around the world, Jews around the world, they are honoring God's calendar. They are respecting God's calendar, and there's a lot of Christians that are honoring and respecting God's calendar, but most Christians know nothing about God's calendar. So they don't have any order in their life. They don't have any structure in their life, and they just do what they feel out of their emotions and call it God. Well, we've crossed over on this past Sunday, Rosh Hashanah, which according to God's calendar represents the new year. Somebody say, according to God's calendar, we are in a new year. It's a new season. It's a new day. Old things have passed away. And behold, all things are becoming new in my life. Excuse me while I praise God for the new day. For the new day. I'm decreeing it. I'm speaking it. You don't have to believe it. But I thank God. I thank God. Bring it down some, brother. Bring it down some. You're interrupting the service. I thank God that God can't lie. Please be seated. As we look at the book of Leviticus, I'm going to show you some days that God told Moses to keep in front of the children of Israel. The children of Israel was the first people to be in covenant with God outside of Adam. 
Adam sinned and missed it in the garden. God came in covenant. We see sin came into the earth. God came in covenant with a man by the name of Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. He said, Abraham, whoever blesses you, I'll bless. Whoever curses you, he said, I'll curse. I'll deal with them. In other words, you don't have to worry about who's going to bless you because I'm your sustainer. I'm your God. And he says, your seed is going to be blessed. Well, I need you to understand we are the seed of Abraham. How can you understand where you're going to in your future if you don't understand where you've come from in your history? Now, when I talk about history, I'm not talking about man-made history. I'm talking about your history in God. We have a very rich history. We have a very rich history. And God told Moses, he says, remember and remind the people of that which I've already done for them. He says, and turn them into feast days where we celebrate. We have a feast. We remember. We memorialize. We don't make it an idol. It's not an idol God in our lives. We're not, we're not going backwards. When you look at our community for a moment as African-American people, uh, a lot of what we see happening is because we forgot where we come from. If we remember the struggle, if we remember slavery, if we remember what we went through, then we would make sure we would do like the Jews. See, the Jews, they remember because they celebrate God's calendar. They celebrate when God brought them out. It's called the Passover, when God brought them out of Egypt. We talked about that in the spring. There's, there, there is a total of four spring feasts. They start in March, and we're going to see here in, in the uh, book of Leviticus how God told Moses and gave him order. And it is so important for us to understand the order of God. When you are in step with the Lord, how can you fail? When you are in step with the Lord, it is impossible to fail. We think it's just in jumping, shouting, and hollering. It is not. That's why I just asked that son to quiet down so you can hear. Sometimes we shout so much, we outshout the preacher. Because we, we're, we're expecting this, this, um, this lottery, it's like we're hitting the lottery, and because we shout, we're just going to get everything we just heard. You ain't got it in all these years. Folks shouting and running around the church. Now, some of y'all will get mad to me today because I have to be a real apostolic father and set some order so your steps can be ordered if, if you're willing to follow me as I follow Christ and the plan of God. Time out for just dealing with all these false prophets and false apostles and folk, they, they got their own agenda and they're teaching the traditions of men and you ain't going nowhere. Shouting for 30 years and your life ain't changed. You don't know the rhythm of God. There's a, there's a rhythm in, in eternity that's here for us today. Listen, listen to me. This is why God speaks to Moses and he tells Moses to keep this in the front of the children of Israel to celebrate what I've already done so they can know that I'm well able and I'm going to do what I promised that I would do in their future. So he says, remember Passover because I brought the children of Israel out of Egypt and I brought them out with my mighty strong hand after I sent the death angel to Egypt to kill the very firstborn. He said, Moses, remind them how I gave you a word. 
Thank God for the word of the Lord. I gave you a word. I didn't give you tradition to preach. I didn't just give you a lot of stuff to say out of my word, but I gave you, see this word, the Bible is called the Logos. This is the Logos. Logos means written word. It is established. It's ha it has already happened. It is facts. It is factual. He says, but I'm going to give you what's called a rhema. I'm going to give you a rhema for my people out of my logos. So we always go back to scripture to see what God already did so that we can know what he's capable of, but also be able to know when God says what he's going to do for you, we'll be able to locate it in the word of God because it's already been done. When God says, I'm going to turn things around for you, remember when Daniel went to the lion's den? God turned it around. He was in the den, but the lions couldn't touch him. And so maybe you're in a 911. Maybe you're in a situation or a dilemma or issue when you came in here today. Well, when the man of God goes into the word of God and says, what God did for Daniel, God's going to turn it in your favor. He's still speaking from the logos. But for you, it's a right now word. For you, it was a word you needed to hear, right? So everything we get from God comes out of the Logos. So he tells Moses, let's look at this Leviticus chapter 23. He tells Moses in verse 1, The Lord said to Moses, Announce to the people of Israel that they are to celebrate several annual festivals of the Lord. Times when all Israel will assemble and worship me. These are in addition to your Sabbath. What did God just say to Moses? These are in addition. Does anybody know what addition is? He said, I'm adding this, I'm adding this to what I, the commandment I gave you. I know I told you forsake not the assembly. I know I told you to come together on the Sabbath and rest. And see, the enemy tricked a lot of people with really understanding the importance of Sabbath because Sabbath was only meant for several things. Not working, which means you're resting your physical body, you're resting your mind, and then he says, come to me, worship me, get, get my plan, what I'm saying in this season for you, so your faith will be elevated and you'll be reminded that I'm God and I'm thinking of you. Then he said, bring the tithe into the storehouse that now I may come into your house and bless your house, listen, and then go and enjoy rest with your family. Do you know most people have no selah with their family? They have no rest. They have no shutdown for their body or their mind. They just keep going and going and going and going. They're, they're steadily working. God's blessing to his people. He says, listen, I'm God. I work six days. God said, I work six days and rest. So Selah, resting and worshiping is a blessing from God. Nowadays, they, you know, like I said, back in the day, a lot of stuff wasn't even open on Sunday. Now, the mall, you go to the mall right now, it's packed. You go to restaurants right now, it's packed. You go to the parks, it's packed. Anything to get people from where they're supposed to be on Sunday. 
And this is the interesting thing because God didn't say, in a moment I'm going to show you, he didn't just tell Moses to give this to the people. He said, and tell the people to remind their children. Teach this to their children. Some of you all have grown children. You don't know where they at today. You just know they ain't in church. Come on. Because there's no honor. Their, their steps are not being ordered. When your steps are ordered by God, you can't help but be blessed. Tell your neighbor, you can't help but be blessed. Psalms 37, 23. We don't have time to turn there, but you all can put it in your notes. God says, the steps of the righteous have been ordered the Lord. Are you righteous? Many of us claim righteousness and salvation, but, but God says our, our righteousness is as filthy rags because outside of God, there's nothing good in us. But when we pursue God, when, when we have a relationship with God, when we get in the presence of God, when we have the fear and the reverence of God, it causes us now to be in right standards because we know outside of God, ultimate failure is right in front of us. We don't have to wait for it to happen. It's going to happen. But if I walk with God, if I get in God's presence, he'll keep me. That's why the Bible said in Psalms, uh, I'm going to have you read that, Pastor Robin. I'll stay here in Leviticus. Go back over to Psalms 37, 23. So important for us to understand that when God is for you, he's more than the world against you. God called us to be a royal priesthood. We, you know, uh, uh, the, the queen um, over in Europe just passed away. And now they, they've had the coronation uh, for the new king, for her son, who, who is the king now. So uh, they set up a service of order. Uh, there is order. You know, I was telling y'all on Tuesday, I don't know what has happened in the church. I do know what has happened, but I, you know, I just say that to say it's conversation piece. I don't know what has happened. Disobedience has happened. Disobedience creates disorder. I don't do what God's words tell me to do. I do what I want to do and do it the way I want to do it and expect God to bless it. Life don't work that way. And so on my boys' football team, they have coaches. And they have a structure. And they have an order. And they don't tell the coach who's going to play. They get mad. The only thing they can do is go to another team. Y'all see, I, I've seen over the years, you see some parents, they ain't playing their child, they just keep snatching the child out the team, and then the child just becomes spoiled brat. Because they think if nobody don't, I told my children, I said, until they play, you keep showing up to every practice, get stronger, get better, and the coach will see you at the practice, you got favor, and they'll play you, be ready to be played, so they'll keep you in the game. I, I use that analogy because I remember uh, 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 several weeks ago uh, they were on the what was considered uh, the junior the, the junior team for the, the, the less experienced because those coaches uh, didn't know them and hadn't experienced them. Was the father? I want them playing on the big lead. I want them playing with their friends. They over there, you know, on the inexperienced. I'm their daddy, so I know them. The coach don't know them. So I told them, you keep going that practice, you practice hard, you play hard, and when your turn comes, I said, go right through them. Whatever position they give you, go right through them. 
and they got their turn, and I want to report to you that both of them are now on that, on that senior team, and they playing so much, Joshua said, I'm tired, I don't get a chance to breathe, because why? When they put him on that line last week, he body slammed the quarterback six times. They saw it with their own eyes. I said that to say, even though I'm their daddy, I could not make that coach put them in the game because they have orders. We can't make God do nothing we want him to do unless we are obedient to his orders. That when he gives you the ball, you run it according to his principles and according to his order. He said in Deuteronomy, obedience is better than all the sacrifice. Oh, I do this. I clean the church. I give all the time. I vacuum. But how do you live in God and with God when you walk outside of this building? It's not what we do for people. It's what we do for God. And so his calendar is so important. And that's why he gives Moses orders. He's giving him divine order. This is divinity. This is God talking to a man. He's going to give him divine order. I told you, 2023, God said it's the year of divine order. According to God's calendar, we are in the year 5,783. Please get it in your notes. Because some of you go to church, you just watch, you just listen. And then when some Jehovah Witness come knocking at your door, next you know you're Jehovah Witness. Some Hebrew come knocking at your door, next you know you're Hebrew. You're not really, no, spiritually you are Hebrew. You're all confused because now they're bringing, they're bringing scripture and all you got from your church was a shout. They're showing you who you are, but it's twisted because they're not showing who you are in Christ as a Hebrew. I want you to get this because I want you to be empowered. I want your family blessed. I want you blessed. I want, I want everything you put your hands to. I want your business blessed. I want your marriage blessed. I want your children blessed. I want your financial, finances blessed. I want, I want you so blessed that your family, your, even your haters have to acknowledge there's something different about you. You ain't going to get that on no shout by itself. Folks shouting, they hitting the tambourine, they been in church 30, 40 years, ain't nothing changed. And you wonder why the children don't want to go to church when they grow up. Because they didn't see nothing change in your life. There's order. Somebody say there's order. Where, where there's order, there's oil. That's why the Bible says, the oil ran down from Aaron's head. He was the high priest, ran down to his beard, to the body. If there's no oil up here, there's no oil that can get on you. You're going to see here in a moment, God tells Moses, he says, Moses, I want you to, re you, have, you, you have your Sabbath day, forsake not the assembly. You have your rest day. He said, but I want you to teach them and remind them so they don't forget what I've done. That's all we're doing. We ain't going back old, tell, you know, people argue between Old Testament and New Testament, grace and the law. Matthew 5, 17, Jesus said, I didn't come to do away with the law. He said, I came to be a fulfillment of it. 
Because if the, if the old is no good, then that means that God lied. Because the same God that gave his son Jesus is the same God that gave the commandments. The difference is the commandments are not on tablets now. When you receive Jesus, the tablet is your heart. But we as believers don't always do what we know to do, which is righteous. So when we forsake not the assembly and come to the house of God, then the man of God is able to take out the tablet, the letter, remind you what's already in your heart, hopefully convict you to cause you to repent, turn back to God and worship him and live for him. So this is, I really want us to understand because Rosh Hashanah was on last Sunday at sunset. And to show you how the Hebrew people and the Jews, how they're always ahead of time, is that we, most of us that operate in time, I don't operate in time, time limits you, you're waiting for certain days and things to happen, um, I'm, I'm, I'm above that, we already know what's going to happen, we're operating from eternity, we're in position. They start celebrating the new day at sundown. They already didn't cross over to a new day. The sun went down. When the sun comes back up, then we start celebrating. But we celebrated at sundown. As the sun set, we begin to praise God for Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah means going back to the beginning, the day of creation the first man. So we honor Rosh Hashanah, and God said, now, for the next 10 days, they call days of awe. For the next 10 days, I want you to examine your heart. I want you to examine yourself to see if you're in right standings with me. Now, how many of us know when you examine yourself, I mean, if you're real, you're going to find out all kind of stuff you just need to be repenting about. I'm just, let me come down here. I'm talking to some real folk for a minute. If you're real with yourself and you still away in the closet and you ain't got nobody to front for, I ain't got to outdo you in praying in tongue. I ain't got to outdo you in dancing or rolling on the floor. It's just me and God. And I'm looking at myself and I'm saying, God, how could you even use me? But by your grace. So these 10 days, we, we search our own heart. Second Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people, which are called by my name, will repent and return back to me, I will heal their land. I will heal. What is your, what, where did Adam's body come from? Came from the land. He said, I'll heal. In other words, he said, I'll heal your body. I'll heal everything that's connected to you. He said, return, come back to me. He didn't say come back to the church and do the fellowship and the performance for your brothers and sisters in Christ. You got to know the difference. He said, when you come to my house, you coming because you coming to get order. You coming because you coming to worship me. You're coming because you coming to acknowledge that you wouldn't have made it this week. You wouldn't have made it today without me. You're acknowledging me in all of your ways. And because you're doing that, I'm going to direct your path. I want all that God has for me. I do this every year, and God has blessed me for it. Oh, I want you to know that God will bless you beyond your wildest imagination. He said he's got blessings your eyes haven't seen, your ears haven't heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man, the things that God has stored up. And the greater blessings are not even here on earth. 
Told you last month, you're in a dress rehearsal. Being here in the earth is a dress rehearsal. You're only here for a set amount of time. You're limited here. There's no limitations in him. Ten days of awe. Yom Kippur falls on sundown on October the 4th. That's this Tuesday. Well, we, those of us that have listened to the apostolic order and the strategies that God has given me to give to you, I gave it to you on last week. We were fasting certain days. So at 7 o'clock, 7 o'clock p.m., when we started our fast, on Tuesday, we were in Bible study, and I went home, and I stayed in God's presence until I went to sleep, praying and, and followed the instructions, the strategies. Even when God gave Moses the order and the strategy for, for the um, deaf spirit that was coming into Egypt, Moses himself had to be up under the same umbrella of the strategy because his steps were being ordered so, so he and his family would not be touched. So I had to do the same thing. So on Wednesday at 7 o'clock p.m., I was in my house. I wasn't driving to my house because I knew I was on a fast. I was where I was supposed to be. Why? God had a meeting with us at 7 o'clock. I wonder where you were, but that's between you and God. The following day, we had a meeting with God from 7 o'clock p.m. to 7 o'clock a.m. I'm searching my heart. I'm laying out before you, God. You said if your people, which are called by your name, will repent, turn from their wicked ways, you'll heal my earthly, you'll heal my body, you'll heal my mind, you'll heal my soul, you'll put me back in right standings with you. I don't know about you. I want to be in right standings with God. When I come to church, I need a word from God that will convict me. I don't just need to be shouting and running around the church. I need to leave the service in awe. God, I want all that you have for me. God, I want to be in right standings with you. God, I want to hear well done tonight, and I want to hear well done when I leave out of my body. Is my name written in the Lamb's book of life? It's my name there. You know, I was reading Jeremiah to you guys on Tuesdays. If you didn't, if you weren't here, some of y'all need to get your hips here on Tuesday nights. Need to be where, if the man of God's there preaching, you need to be where that word of God is going forth because it's ordering your steps. This is not, the Bible says the traditions of men make the word of God ineffective so it don't add nothing to you. But when you got a real anointed, true man and woman of God and the word of God is coming to pass, in the season that you're living in, you don't play with that. You be where you need to be so you can get all you need to get. Why? Because God's got a plan for your life. He ain't playing with your life. Tell your neighbor, he ain't playing with your life. He's got a plan for your life. What scripture did I have you go to, Pastor Robin? Psalms 37. Go ahead, read that for us. Psalms 37, 23. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Uh-huh. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. Uh-huh. For the Lord upholds him with his hand. I have been young and now am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging bread. God said, I'll bless you. I'll, not only will I bless you, I'll bless your seed seed. He said, when you miss it, when you love me and you in my rhythm, you don't have to be perfect. That's why I gave Jesus. He said, when you miss it, I'll catch you. He said, I just want you, I just want you to have a desire to be right with me. That's why, that's why repentance is so powerful. 
Go to 2 Chronicles chapter 7, 14 for me, Pastor Rob. While you're going there, I'm going to get back to this Leviticus. Listen to this, what he tells Moses. He's giving him instructions. When we get instructions in the church or we have true men and women of God that start giving us the order of the Lord, you know what they call that now? They call that witchcraft in the church. The football team has order. My son's basketball team got order. The baseball team has order. School systems have orders. And the ones that don't have no order is chaotic and out of order. And the children are not getting the education, nor are they getting any discipline. The judicial system is about order. The police department is about order. Everything that's going to achieve a set goal has to have some order and discipline to it. That's why all through the Bible, God gave orders. Even when they were building the tabernacle, and I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'm going to be teaching in the days to come on the tabernacle because we're going to be talking about Sukkot and how they tabernacle with God in the wilderness. He had Moses build a tent out of silk linen. He said, get me some purple linen, get me some red linen, get me some blue linen, get this certain kind of wood, have them lay the wood with gold. God was specific. That's called order. You ain't going to see no oil on a people, on a place, or a community until you get some order. So when you walk out the door and you see people walking around with their pants hanging down, and you see people disrespecting their parents, and you see people disrespecting their wives and their husbands, it's because there's no fear. The Bible said the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Those commandments was to bless us. Everything in God is to sanctify us as his people. How can you be sanctified as his people when you look like everybody else? Church became too common. Y'all know we did. Well, I want to be a witness to everybody. So I'm going to look like everybody else. That makes it more comfortable. So now we, just, we look like anything. God got on my hips. We come in a new year. He said divine order. He said order. They need to see order. Divine order. The priest even had to wear certain garments. The high priest wore the ephod. He could never come in the service of God without the ephod on. Because it was the respect. It was the office that set him apart that makes that man or woman of God uncommon. Now the pastor, the first lady looked common. The pastor looked common. I was on my back, on my stomach, everywhere repenting. God said, it sets you apart. You are my dignitary. He said, when you get in my presence, become undignified. But when you're in the presence of the sanctuary and the people, be dignified. Oh, y'all didn't. Jesus. Because they can't tell the difference. Can't tell the difference nowadays. Huh? We do everything, even the preacher do everything with our bodies, do everything with our hair, whatever. As long as I'm preaching the word, don't look at me. Ain't no order to that. So ain't going to be no oil on it. Good revelation, but you don't have no oil. You're not set apart. There's nothing different. And then, and then so when God blesses you, they can see, wow, wait a minute. You ain't doing what all us doing, and you still got the blessings. And you more blessed than me, and you got the oil. They'll identify you. God's people are identifiable. Do you know the most wealthy people in the world are the Jewish people? They, and most of them ain't even accepted Jesus, but they still, God's still in covenant with his people. We got the same blessing and more. We got Jesus. But you're shouting ain't going to get it. You're just running around ain't going to get it. 
God, what do you expect of me? God, what's your plan for me? How, what you want me to do? So we're coming in the new year. That's why I want to know the plan of God. See, by the time January get here, according to the Gregorian calendar, when they celebrate the new year, ain't no harvest outside. It's cold. You don't want to be outside. The ground is froze. It's snow. You're trying to be inside and be warm. In God's season of new year, it's harvest time. The vegetation is coming forth. The vegetables are coming forth. It's harvest time. It's in his season and in his rhythm. Moses, tell him about my feast. Tell him to celebrate my feast. Tell him to remember me. And I'm going to remember them. I'm going to bless them exceedingly and abundantly and above what they can ask or think. Look at this. Look at Leviticus 23, verse 3. These are in addition to your Sabbath. The seventh day of every week which are always days of rest in every home, times for assembling to worship for, and for resting from normal business of the week. I'm reading out of the Living Bible. These are the holy festivals which are to be observed each year. Verse 5, the Passover of the Lord. We do that in March. The Passover of the Lord, this is to be celebrated on the first day of April, beginning at what? Sundown. Jump down to verse 6. The festival of leavened bread. Now, first of all, the Passover represented when that death's angel was sent to Egypt, God gave him a command what to do with the lamb, to take the blood and put it on the doorpost. Remember that? Well, the Passover was fulfilled in Jesus because when Jesus himself came to honor the feast of Passover, he sojourned to Jerusalem, and when he got there, he was sitting. So when y'all see the calendar, y'all know the calendar y'all like. When you see him sitting at the communion table, he was sitting at Passover. It was at the Passover table, he announces, I am the lamb. He said, take, eat. He gave him the unleavened bread. God told him to remove the yeast. It represented removing sin. Take, eat. This is my body. This is why he said, do communion. Take, eat. This is my body. That's what he told his disciples. He took the wine. He said, take, drink. This is my blood. So now the lamb that God used was a foreshadow of a lamb that was to come. That was his son, Jesus. So when we honor Passover, we're not going backwards. I want y'all to get this. But all y'all honoring them old Jewish holiday, oh, that's traditional. You, they don't know what you're talking about. They don't know, have no clue. Jesus said, I'm the fulfillment. And then he said, do this in remembrance of me. So when we set up that communion table, you don't really realize how powerful the communion table is because it's connected to the table of Passover when they were sitting there eating the lamb. While, the death, while death was coming to Egypt, they was covered in the blood. When folks was dying, they was covered in the blood. See, that? This, 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 this is so real. This is not a game. Tell your neighbor, this is not a game. This is real. The power of God. This is life. The life flows from the blood. If you don't have no blood in you, you, you wouldn't be alive in here. Huh? There's life in the blood. And so that's, that was the Passover. So we just, read the, we just read about the Passover. We just read, he said, don't forget the unleavened bread. The whole purpose was just remember that God, Jesus, came and took away the sins of the world, put no, leaven in the, no yeast in the bread so it wouldn't rise. You can always tell when you are I in sin. We get lifted up. 
Seeing her lift you up. Seeing her make you think you all that in a bag of chips. Seeing her make you feel like you better than everybody. It's so sad. We're seeing our children, you know, whether they're playing sports or in entertainment, all the rappers getting killed and shot up. It's like these, it's like these folks is getting them to sign these insurance policies. They get them to make this music that's still going to make music after they're dead. And it's almost like, it's almost like they're the ones putting the hits out on them. That's something I let y'all, I let that go. Can't trust this world. It's dark out there. The higher up you go, the darker it is. Politics is dark. Corporations are dark. The higher up you go, you watch them movies and you see them folk doing all of what they're doing. That stuff real. They make movies off real stuff. He go to the senator making moves in his car to, 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 to get nuclear weapons over to somebody else. He going to make so many billions. People are selfish. But God, this is so real, but God, God tell Moses, he said, tell him, remember me in the unleavened bread feast. He says, verse 6, the festival of unleavened bread, this is to be celebrated beginning the day following the Passover. And for seven days, you must not eat any bread made with yeast. It was symbolism. It was a reminder of what Jesus was. He took away the sins of the world. So when we eat the, the flat wafer of communion, it represents having no yeast in it. it. Represents his body, no sin. Jump down to verse 9. No, verse 11. It says, the festival of first fruit. He said, remind him of that. The first fruit. The first fruit of the harvest. Who was Jesus? Guess what we celebrate? Resurrection Sunday. He was the first fruit of the grave. See, I want you to see all of this is in the rhythm of your Christian inheritance. But if you don't know where you came from, how you going to know where you're going? So now you become ignorant people that's just shouting, dancing, and don't know why. We prophesying and don't know why. Casting out devils and we don't know why. So we're doing all this stuff and we don't leave out and live a victorious, victorious life. I want to be whole in my mind. I want to be whole in my heart. I want to be whole in my soul. That only comes from putting God in my mind, putting God in my heart, putting God in my soul, worshiping him with everything and putting everything secondary because after I get through putting God first, now I'm able to take care of me because I know my worth to him. Now, see, I'm second. Now I'm able to take care of my wife. She's third. Now I'm able to take care of my children. They're four. Most of us don't have no order or organization in our lives. We don't even know why we're working. I pray this helping somebody today. I want you blessed. We're in a new year. I want my steps ordered. I want to know what I'm doing. I want to know why I'm doing. So look here. I got to get ready to, to close out. Look here. Just getting y'all ready because this Tuesday at sundown, Yom Kippur start Day of Atonement. But all, all started after we came in celebrating, dipped the apples. We took some apples, dipped it in honey, hala bread, dipped it in honey, represented. It's going to be a sweet year. We, we spoke it. We proclaimed it, right? Because we were obedient to do something God said do. So we can't do one thing and then start living any kind of way and expect to get what prom God promised, what's his word promised to give us? What's a man to gain the entire world, lose his soul? 
Yeah, but I got money. Yeah, but I got cars. Yeah, but you may be losing your soul and you don't even know it. Is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? Is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? I want my children growing up knowing that there is a book that their name must be written in in order to enter into heaven. That blessed my, my life uh, two months ago when my 11-year-old son took that walk to give his life to God because he understood the importance of prayer and giving his life to God. That's everything. Forget football. Forget basketball. Forget sports. My son asked me the other day, Daddy, do you think that I, that I play football better than my friends? I said, son, the first sign of insecurity is when a person compares themselves to another. I said, always compare yourself to yourself. Pray to God. Ask God to reveal you to you so you can be the best Jonathan in the world because nobody can beat you at being you. I said, son, but as long as you look at somebody else, you will be miserable in life because you'll never measure up to somebody else. But if you be the best you, you, nobody will be able to measure up to you. God wants you to be the best you that you can be. He wants you. How are you going to do that? You got to spend time with God. He'll show you you. He'll show you. He'll lead you. He'll guide you. He'll show you how to put things in order. He'll show you. You want to be a good husband? He'll show you how to be a great husband. You want to be a good wife? He'll show you. Can't, this world can't teach you nothing. Not if you're a believer. It can, but it'll mess you up. You'll think it's in your clothes. You'll think it's in your jewelry. You'll think it's in your business card. You'll think it's in your title. All that get laid down when they put you in the coffin. God ain't impressed. Whatever gift he gave you, he gave you. You're not impressed. You're not impressed with what you do, what you have. He gave it. He's impressed when you lay it at his feet. He's impressed when you come back to the altar and say, God, all I have is because you gave it. That's why he said bring the tithe. He don't need your money. He said bring the tithe that there may be meat in my house and I'll bless your house. There's an order to this. In, in my house, there's an order. That's what keeps my house blessed. In this church, there's an order. That's why if you walk in, you say, man, it smells good. It's clean. It look good. Man, the people smiling. Because there's an order. I've been in churches I have to preach in. I almost wanted to run out. There wasn't no order. How are we going to have oil on the altar and you need paint on the ceiling? You need, you're not even respecting the things God. Let, let me go back to this. Let me finish this up. Let me finish this up. People are dying in our churches. People are dying on our watch. You're not going to die on my watch. I'm going to teach you the truth. It's up to you what you do with it, but I'm going to teach you the truth. I'm going to teach you the truth. Listen, jump over to verse uh, 20, 23 and 24, he, he told him, he said, teach him about the festival of trumpets, which is Rosh Hashanah, which is also connected uh, to the rapture, the coming of Christ, when the horn will be blown. That's why on Rosh Hashanah in my house, uh, you have to be, God anoints certain people to be able to play um, the um, shofar. Everybody can't blow the shofar. I learned that over you. Yeah, folk told me they can blow the shofar, bring them up. And couldn't get a whistle out of it. I'm like, I thought you told me you could blow the. I was like, it's all right, you're having a bad day. But anyway, my, in my house, in my house on Rosh Hashanah, before we dipped the apples, I had my daughter, she was away at school. I had, she was on uh, FaceTime in my house. Um, Kennedy was with her, uh, Jordan was with them, and, some, and their, um, their dorm mates was with them, and so I taught the lesson um, that I'm teaching you all 
about what we're about to do, and they always had the blowing of the shofar, celebration. It had prophetic symbolism. So anyway, my son Joshua, God has given him that grace, and so he blew the shofar for us. And so even when they put up this king that I'm talking about, that they, you know, they put up the king in, in England, um, the, it, it is always sealed after the order of consecration. Ha! Oh, I need y'all to hear. That's why when you get called uh, by your pastor or leader in the church to be on leadership and you say yes, there is, there is an order of service that must take place that you vowed to on the altar that you're held to even if you walk away. Because you vowed on the altar of God. Oh, this thing is real, man. And so the king, he can't just be the king because he's in the family. He doesn't become the king until he's consecrated to the office. Got to be consecrated to the office. Got to be recognized by those that are already in leadership in order because the oil runs down. And so... When they did the order of service, they identified, everybody knew it was, but still had to go through it. Then they had the blowing of trumpets. So now every time the king comes out, he doesn't come out without the horns. In Rosh Hashanah, the purpose of the blowing of the trumpet of the horns, the shofar, is because the king is coming. The king is coming. The king is coming. So we got to get back to recognizing in that which is spiritual. The king, God, I call on you. God, I praise your name. God, I acknowledge you. We're in a new year. You kept me from COVID. You kept me from this. You brought me through. God, I honor you. I, it wasn't my, I love my wife. It wasn't her. I love my job. It wasn't my job. It wasn't my career. And we celebrate. <coughs> and immediately after that, excuse me, <coughs> we go into 10 days of awe. So when you count those days back, guys, <coughs> it's 10 days on October the 5th. The 10th day is the day of Yom Kippur. So examine yourself. Bring me that Ark of Covenant. Bring me here. Put up on the screen too. I want to show them what they, what the children of Israel had to, to do. See, if you remember where you came from, you'll be thankful for where you're at. See, you don't have to take no lamb. You don't have to find, um, thank you, you can remove that cover. You don't have to go, go buy a lamb looking for an unblemished lamb and cutting it up like they had to. You don't have to drain out no blood. You ain't all covered in blood in your house. They had to do this. That's why we're under blood of the covenant. The covenant didn't change. It's just a better covenant. Huh? They had to bake the bread. And they did some work. Guess what your work is now? Work out your own salvation. You work on staying saved. You work on being delivered. You don't want to be the hypocrite. Remember Jesus said to Matthew, he said, don't be a hypocrite. Don't, don't pray in public and preach in public and live in public and, and do everything for people. He said, it's what you do in secret. He said, my father, which art in heaven, he sees. He'll bless you. It's not what you, it's not about people. It's about you and God. 
Touch your heart. Say, it's about me and God. You got to be in covenant with God. So back then, in the tabernacle, when I was talking about a moment ago about the tabernacle, how, how, how God even told Moses, he didn't just give him these feast days, but he also, he also, some of y'all need to, some of y'all need to, uh, 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 don't come to, don't come to church just to shout and had a band playing music, so you stayed up all night, now you in here sleepy. Start getting your rest, start getting ready for God on Sunday. Some of my own security, oh yeah, falling asleep. Wake your hips up. Disrespectful to God in the house of God, people sitting there watching you. Get some sleep. Back in the day, we, they taught us how to prepare for Sunday, sir. Some of y'all remember that? Sunday night, you went to bed early, you had your clothes out. Some of y'all remember that? We didn't got so far away from this stuff. You just wake up Sunday night. What am I going to do you? <laughs> huh? Everybody, we go, don't worry. God, God got us in a new season. We getting everything. Where the band at? We getting everything in order. Praise team, we getting everything in order. Why? For his honor. We want him to look and receive. We want him to smell the aroma of righteous living. It's in our spiritual garments. But if we have spiritual garments, there should be some reflection in the natural. I'm just saying. They had, he told them how to build. He said, get that red linen and blue linen. And told them, go get it from the people. People are getting mad at you now and say, hey, we need money for this. We need it. He said, go get it from the people. And I'll bless the people. He said, and then get the sowers. Get the ones that sow, had them sow. And get the people that write and have them be your scribes. All your gifts belong to the house of God. We didn't got off. All your gifts belong to the house of God. Now you do it how you want to do it, but once you, once, you, once you accept payment, there's no residual that comes from God. You've already been taken care of. But when you lay it on the altar, oh, I'm teaching better than y'all. When you lay it on the altar, I'm almost done because I, I got to get out of here. But man, I'm just, I'm excited. God told me in two, in 5,783, that's, that's, that's this year on his calendar. When you take five is grace, seven is completion, um, three is divine order, eight is new beginning. When you add them together, the first one, five and seven, that's 12, government authority. Then the next one is verse 11, I mean, is eight and three is 11. You add them together, what do you get? 23. 2023. I want you to understand what God is saying and what God is doing. He told me, he said, tell the people this is a year of do, divine order. Get in place. Judgment starts at the house of God. There's some things people miss what happened with Corona. There's some things coming that's even worse than that. People don't understand what's happening. They're thinking things get better. In this world, things are not going to get better. Things are going to get worse. Are you mentally, spiritually conditioned to understand that when corona hit, your education didn't matter? What school you graduated from or the school you went from, went to, didn't matter. How much money you had in the bank or in your safe, it didn't matter. How much foot, none of that stuff during COVID matter. Why? Fear took over. Listen. When he told when he told Moses how to build 
the tabernacle, the curtains. Then he told him how to build the Ark of Covenant. He said, because my people, which I call by my name, I'm sanctifying them. I'm giving them an order. I'm showing them how to bring the offering. God has always had an offering. And when they would bring the animals back then, they had animals. There was no such thing as money. Paper, it, just so y'all know, now, even now, paper money ain't really real. Ain't worth, it's not worth nothing. It's man-made. They, they didn't tax your dollar 10 times before you ever spend it. So the dollar ain't even a dollar. It's probably more like, what, 20 cent or 30 cent by the time you ever spend it because it keep taxing it. You go to gas station, the same dollar get taxed. Before you got your check, it got taxed. You go buy a loaf of bread, it got taxed. So it's steady getting taxed. You got to trust God, guys. You got to understand he's greater than silver or gold. He's greater than money. He's greater than everything. And the truth is, at the end of the day, who you going to be with? I didn't say be wick. Some of y'all live off be wick. He said, he said be wick. I didn't say be wick. I said, who you going to be with? But God is awesome. And he, and he loves us. And, and, and God, God loves us in spite of us. And even when we miss it, he loves us. He said, if you make your bed in hell, he said, it's not because of me. He said, because I love you. But life is full of choices and decisions. I was talking to somebody today, and um, I said, listen, this is, this is what God has shown me. And they started weeping because they said, God showed you right. I said, this is what God showed me. And I said, you got to come out of that. And, 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 and they said, well, you know, Apostle, I, I just, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't know what to do. And I said, if you got in your car and went to the corner and it was a red light, you know to stop, don't you? They said, yeah. I said, but you also have a choice that you can run that red light, right? They said, yeah. I said, you just been running the red light. You know you were supposed to stop right there. You knew you weren't. God gives you the ability to choose. The devil don't have that kind of power in your life. We're giving him too much power and authority. He, don't have, he can't make you. I mean, one time I went to my pastor and told my, oops, I slipped. He said, what you slip on? <laughs> Some of y'all will catch that later. I said, she called my name and I passed out. Next day I woke up in sin. He said, no, you ain't passed out. You didn't wake up in sin. You did exactly what you wanted to do, the way you wanted to do it, who you wanted to do it with, and knew on your way over there you was going to do it. You can't get delivered until you get for real. So God told him to build, to build that Ark of Covenant. Look at this because we, we, we got to get out of here. I want to read this in your hearing. Has, has this helped anybody today? Are you being a blessing? Examine yourself. Get yourself. Now listen to this. We finished observing the feast of, the, of Rosh Hashanah of Trumpets, which was one of the three fall-appointed times. I already talked about the spring feast, which was uh, Passover, Unleavened Bread, First Fruit, which we celebrate Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday to some, and then Pentecost, 50 days after Jesus rose from the grave. Um, God said, remember these, and all of those have been fulfilled. Then we have Rosh Hashanah, which is also connected to the coming of Christ when the blowing of trumpet and the dead of Christ will rise, which, called, which is called the rapture. And now we're going into, we've been in, we've already started 10 days of awe after we celebrated. And now we started fasting. And then on uh, Friday night, we had a celebration here. We had jeans, jokes, and jazz. We just enjoyed ourselves. Well, we're coming up on a 24-hour fast. We're going to do a 24-hour fast on October, start at sundown after our Tuesday service on October the 5th. You'll be able to come here. Those of you that's taken off from work or want to be here for prayer, God says shut everything down and get a seat 
offering of a sacrifice and come to prayer. So we'll have somebody here praying. I'll be here praying. But it's going to be a 24-hour prayer um, that God had called. This was a prayer that God called for us to search our heart. Ask God to search our heart. Repent to forgive others so we can be forgiven. We're taking out the trash. Anybody get tired of trash being in your house? It gets filled. What do you do? It starts stinking. It gets magnets. So what do you have to do? You got to take out the trash. Some of us leave the trash in there so long it gets magnets and uh, uh, maggots and it turns into flies, right? So you, not only do you take out the trash, you take out the trash and you clean out the trash can. So during prayer, we're going to be taking out the trash and cleaning out the trash can. Not in my neighbor, God. It's me. God, I ain't got, I ain't got time to be worried about somebody else. It's me, oh Lord. I'm, I'm in time of help, in time of need. So that's what we're going to be doing. And so in those days, uh, when they would come uh, for prayer, they would have to come and bring an offering, and it would be, it would be an animal. It would be an animal, and they would sacrifice it. If we have the picture, you can put it up. They would bring it to the priest um, in the outer courts, and the priest would receive it, and um, they, would, they would burn it, and they would also take portions, and, and I'll get into it uh, later because it's a lot of teaching to it, um, but they would bring their sacrifice for their family. So um, uh, that kind of moving kind of fast, son, if we can go back out, that's the holies of holies, but if we can go back to the outer court, um, you can see that you had an outer court, and so the people will come in, and they would bring uh, their animals into the inner court. And so the priests, they were, they were set aside for the service of God. They were Levitical priests. And so every family that was connected to God that was a part of the covenant, they followed that order so that they could, they could receive the blessing. And then it was a high priest, like Aaron was a high priest, and there were many other high priests that would go into the holies of holies. So you had the outer court, you had the inner court, and then you had a veil that was in front of the holies of holies. This Ark of Covenant was in the holies of holies. And that high priest, they would have to put a rope around his ankle so that when he went into the holies of holies, he would come beyond this curtain. Only the high priest could go in there. And then he would take the blood sacrifice for atonement and he would splash it on the mercy seat. This is the mercy seat. This top, God told uh, Moses to have the children of Israel to make this out of wood and lay it with gold. And so this is how they carried it because they tabernacled out in the wilderness. But they would throw that blood. He said, put the angels, that the angels' wings being open represent the covering. And this also represented the seat of God with them. So when they would put the blood, because without blood, there's no atonement. See, this is going to help you understand the blood of Jesus better. With no blood, there's no atonement. That's why when Cain killed his brother, Abel, and God asked him, where's your brother? And he told me he don't know. He said, his blood crying out to me because the soul is in the blood. So if God didn't receive, because there's been times where God did not receive the offering of the blood, the reason they had the rope on the high priest is because he would drop dead. And they'd just take the rope because he couldn't walk out. <laughs> and they would pull him out. Somebody say, that's order. God, see, God always had ordered this, this new age church stuff, people saying what they want, talking about other Christians, talking about leaders, talking about leader, they a man of God like I'm a man of God. That's not true. Read the book. Get in this book. We got to get back to the order. And they would drop dead. And, but the amazing thing is God, when he had them build it, he told them to, to, to put my covenant in there with them. So he had the, he had the Ten Commandments in there. 
He said, put the Ten Commandments. So all this is going to remind, remind me of my word. Aaron's rod that was budding, he said, put Aaron, Aaron's rod in there. See, this is history. He said, I've done all this with the children of Israel. He said, put it in my ark of covenant. He said, put it in my ark. The incense. He said, put the, put the incense in there. Represented the incense that God had them burning in there. He said, all, put all this in there. Symbolism. And when he spread the, put the blood, if I receive it, then the blessing was going to come over the people. If I didn't receive it, that wasn't good. So thank God as, but this is what they had to do every year around the same season. History. So the calendar, God's calendar is the same. So Hebrews and Jews all around the world and Christians are acknowledging that we're in Yom Kippur, that we're coming in Yom Kippur. We're in 10 days of all now where I'm looking at myself. I'm sorry, I don't want to be the hypocritical Christian. I don't want to be faith. And God, where I missed it, forgive me. I'm repenting. Repenting don't mean you crying. Repenting don't mean all of a sudden you just feel gloom and doom. Repentance means you know you're wrong. I'm coming your way. Ain't all that stuff we made. Oh, repentance. That ain't repentance. You can cry and don't change. Repentance means that I'm turning. I'm turning back to you, and I'm going your way. In order to turn back to you, I got to know where you are, and then I got to have my steps ordered. I got to do what you called me to do. I can't let my mama, nobody, preacher, nobody, anybody teaching me anything contrary to that, I don't want it. So this is what they, this is what they, this is what they would do. They would, and so when, when Jesus got on the cross, after they beat him, because he was the sacrificial lamb, after they beat him, and he bled, because he had to give that blood, made him carry his, his cross. When he got up on that cross, and he got ready to die, he uttered these words. And we'll talk about it more on Tuesday. He uttered these words. He said, the veil has been torn, has been ripped. What veil? Bring me that cloth. Hurry up. And stand it in front of the, the ark. Put it in front of the ark where the people couldn't see. The people couldn't come in. Only the high priest could come into the presence of God. Jesus said, now because of my sacrifice, now because of my blood, now because of my covenant with God, and now you made covenant with me, he said, the veil has been torn. In other words, now you can boldly come to the throne of grace. So we're not, we're not worshiping the Ark of Covenant. We're remembering the covenant because it represents what Jesus came to be a manifestation of. So when we're praying, he is our atonement, but are we in right standings? So I'm returning to him. I'm repenting. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, praise team. Thank you getting ready to close out come on let's praise God let's praise God the ark of the covenant lift up your hands Gary cut off these bright lights for a moment I want everybody to close your eyes just have your moment with God
Lord, I God, order my steps. It's, it's me, God. I'm not coming to you talking about nobody else, worrying about nobody else. God, I'm repenting. I'm returning to you. Cleanse me. Show me any area of my life where I missed it, God. See, this is the time where we just, we get it right with God for ourselves. We're coming into a new year. I want to empty out the baggage. I want to, God, take out the trash. God, I want to, I want to be rebooted. I want to be renewed. I want to be restored. I want to honor you, God. Matthew 6.33, God, you told me to, to seek you first and your righteousness and everything else will be added. God, I'm coming back to you. Come on, somebody need to tell them that. God, I'm coming back to you. I didn't let people make me mad in church, make me mad in the world, make me mad at everything. And God, I got away from you. God, I'm forgiving them and I'm coming back to you. Yeah, offense can get you that way. Offense happened to me. God, I'm, I'm forgiving them. Father, you said if I forgive them, you will forgive me. And I'm coming back to you. Coming back to you. Coming back to you. I'm coming back to you. I'm coming back to you. Come on, speak that to him. I'm coming back to you. My friends can't do it. My loved ones can't do it. I can't do it. My money can't do it. Nothing that I have has been able to do it. Now I understand better, God. I'm coming back to you. I'm coming back to you. Yeah, that's it. Coming back to you. That's it. Begin to talk to him. Close your eyes. Have your own private moment. Let this word touch deep in your heart. Cleanse me, God. Cleanse my Cleanse my tongue, cleanse my heart, cleanse my mind. I just want to be in right standings with you. Thank God that Jesus is our atonement. Father God, I receive all that he has for me, but I surrender. Coming back to you. Coming back to you. Coming back to you. Let go of everything that's not of you, God. And I'm coming back to you. I gotta let him go. I gotta let her go. I gotta let them go. I gotta let that go. And I'm coming back to you. Coming back to you. I wanna be pleasing to you, God. I wanna hear well done. Coming back to you. Coming back to you. Come on, that's it. That's it. Begin to pray in your heavenly language if you can. I'm coming back. On behalf of Apostle Clarence Langston and Pastor Robin Langston, we want to thank you for joining us for our Sunday worship experience. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 11 a.m., every Tuesday at 7 p.m. for our Transformation Tuesday Bible study, and Monday through Friday at 7 a.m. you can catch all things new Apostles Morning Inspiration Show. Until next time, be blessed.